The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus asking, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world for temptations to sin. For it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out, and throw it away. For it is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine who never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two brothers along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. The Holy Gospel appointed for this morning gives us a child, a tortured soul, a tiny one, a lost sheep, a sinful brother, and two or three huddled together in prayer. 
and what do they have in common? In some way, they are all losers. They are insignificant, powerless, and disrespected. They are certainly not the greatest at anything. But they also have this in common. Jesus loves them all. Jesus loves and seeks and finds and embraces and carries and protects and forgives and blesses and honors and dies and rises for the losers, for the humble, for the little, the last, the lost, the least, and the dead. Even though Jesus loves us like that, humility is the main reason that we find it so difficult to follow Jesus. Our very first sin, from which all the other sins are born, is the sin of pride. And pride is the desire to be a winner, to be first to be unlimited, and to be in charge. It is, as the disciples say, the desire to be the greatest. To aim high, to work hard, to do good and to do well, to chase excellence, to keep the disciplines, not to settle, not to cut corners, to always do our best. These things are not pride. That is being a good steward of all God has given us. That is making the best use of our gifts. Pride is something very different. Pride is our desire to be completely independent and unrestrained, to live as if we are self-created and self-sufficient and self-fulfilling, as if we are most important, as if we are greatest. A few years ago, I read a tragic story on how parents think about their children when they discover that their children will be less than perfect. In America, depending on which study we read, we find that the abortion rate for Down syndrome babies is now as high as 90%. There was a recent survey that asked the parents why. Parents said many things, but mostly it boiled down to this. If he can't grow up to have a shot at becoming the president, we don't want him. There is really no way to nuance that. Even in the case of our children, our dearest, our offspring, it seems that we will have masters or we will have nothing. We will not be limited by their limits. 
and we will not accept any little ones who do not measure up. Of course, that is just pretending. Because the truth is, nobody measures up. You don't measure up, nor do I, nor does anyone else. The fact is, our world is filled to the brim with the broken and the tortured, with the tiny and the lost and the sinful, with the huddled together and the dying. That is everybody. Even if it's a little harder to see in some folks than in others. None of us is self-created. None of us is self-sufficient. None of us is self-fulfilling. That is the illusion of pride, and the proud always end up hopelessly dead. It was pride that doomed Satan. He just could not bear to be limited to be number two or three or four or five in the kingdom of God, and so, say the scriptures, he fell from heaven like lightning. Pride is what killed Adam. He just could not be satisfied to tend and keep the garden. No, he wanted to own the garden, to steal it from our Lord's care. Pride is what kills us too. On the days when we decide that we do not need the baby Jesus and we do not need each other because everybody but me doesn't measure up. But to grow in humility, that is to grow older and wiser and gentler more open and more kind, more patient and more dependent, more loving and more forgiving, more embracing and more humble, and really more joyful. That is to grow in the image of Christ. It is not only to admit our limitations, but to chase and catch and hold dear, to practice and to revere and even find joy in our limitations. How can we do that? In the Gospel for today, Jesus says, try acting. Act like a child who spends all his days looking up at everyone else. Act like a man who's lost a hand or a foot or an eye. Act like you need a guardian angel. Act like a lost little lamb. Act like the greatest pain that you could ever feel is a sin wedged between you and someone else, even someone who has wounded you and left you the victim and act like you would do anything on earth to resolve it. Act like the only way you will ever make it through this day is if you huddle up with two or three others and say your prayers in the name of Jesus. Acting that way does not come naturally to us, of course. 
but again this morning with his gentle and merciful words and with his cleansing sacraments, Jesus gives us for free exactly what we need to limit us so that we can live again and that we can live with joy. Just a moment ago, Jesus gave us a good confession on our knees before him. Jesus let us admit anything, starting with our pride and our rebellions, but also the times that we have sinned against the tiny and the tortured and the lost, the times that we have issued our cruel judgments on others. And then Jesus flooded the landscape with mercy and erased all of our sins. He scrubbed us with his own blood and he made our wrongs right. And now, as a gift, he limits us to holiness, to a life of all things good and beautiful and true a reordered life of love and mercy and forgiveness. So you will leave here today limited, but not disadvantaged, humbled, but not diminished, limited, but not endangered, humbled, but not lost or angry or burdened, here today in the Church of Jesus, we are found and embraced and consoled and forgiven. We are deeply loved and we are deeply honored. We came here this morning to have our boundaries reset. Then have it. Come to Jesus' holy touch at his holy supper where everything you've ever done and been and said is forgiven. Even your best works, not just your sins. Here, everything is broken and made new again. No sin, no guilt. It is a basic fact of the Christian life. And today at Jesus' altar, this is precisely what you get, a fresh start. And as you leave today, take it with you. And like Jesus, share it with every person you meet, especially the little, the last, the lost, the least, and the dead. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. amen.